Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and we've got a great topic today. The topic is the soulmate signature, how to know if someone is the one. Right? I want to address what are the signature signs that the person you're with is the person you should go all in on. Like, how do you know if the relationship is the right one to either, you know, get married or move in? So I'm talking about how do you know if you should make the big step, the big commitment, whether that's living together or getting married? What are the signs? How do you know if the relationship is right? How do you know if the other person is the one, if they're your soulmate, okay? So I think this is a really, really important conversation um, because all of us are familiar with um, perhaps making a mistake in a person we've committed to, moved in with, or gotten married. Um, It's not unusual for people to think, oh boy, I've made a mistake or Um, maybe I shouldn't have done this and that leads to breakups and divorces and that kind of thing. So, but one thing I want to ask you, I want you to listen for yourself, but I also want you to be listening because maybe you could share this episode with someone that you know is in a significant relationship and maybe they haven't gotten engaged yet or moved in yet, but you think it might be moving that way. You know, this, this episode might be a good one to share with someone who's moving in that direction so they they can listen to this and sort of evaluate their relationship or at least consider the things that I'm saying uh, to better get a feel for making a decision that they can maybe really feel good about and that will turn out well, okay? So we're going to talk about the soulmate signature. I'm going to give you five signs Or maybe I should say it this way. I'm going to phrase them in questions. I'm going to give you five questions to ask of yourself and your relationship and your partner in order to know if this is it, if this is the one, this is my soulmate, this is the relationship I want to go all in on. Now, I imagine since this is my 44th podcast – that at least at least a couple of these I've touched on in other places. But I'm going to kind of pull it all together under one umbrella here and, and, and really speak to the soulmate signature in this one podcast. And so let's just jump right in. And this first one, it, it might surprise you, but it really is the foundational most important one. And the question is this, are you ready and willing to make this kind of commitment. And maybe we could say, are they ready and willing to make this kind of commitment? 
And at first glance, you might say, oh, of course, we love each other. We've been dating and we've been ring shopping or we've been talking. Yeah, okay, fine. But in reality, are both of you ready for this? And are both of you willing to make this kind of commitment? Let me give you an example of this. Um, I have a client right now who was married for many years and went through a divorce and immediately met somebody really wonderful, right? And got into a relationship with them again and quickly moved in with someone, okay? Um, I'm not talking about myself, although maybe I'll circle back because I did this too, <laughs> They went through a divorce. They met somebody immediately and fell madly in love with them and moved in. And then the person starts to feel like, I don't know if I'm ready to, to go full bore again. I was married for 15 years or 20 years and, and, and maybe I just want to experience some other relationships and, Maybe I'm, I'm not ready to be tied down. See, so this guy really loves the woman. They, they check all the boxes together. But he's wondering if he's really ready to do this. It's got nothing to do with her. It's not about her. It's not about the quality of their relationship. All of that stuff is great. He's wondering... If he has the bandwidth for commitment at this point, is he ready for that? Is he willing to do it? Right? Now, sometimes that's difficult to decipher depending on things like loneliness or being in love with someone. Just because you're in love with someone doesn't mean that you're ready to move in or get married and make a, love, a life together. Now, those things don't necessarily match up. You can love someone and not want to live with them, not be ready for that, not – I mean you might want to be monogamous and committed and you know, exclusive, but you might not be ready to sell your place. They sell their place. You get married. You move in together. You know, you know what I mean by that? So sometimes we bypass this question of am I really ready for this? Because perhaps we're lonely or perhaps we're afraid if we tell our partner that we're not, which is the case with this guy, that maybe I will lose the relationship in total. Like if I say, I don't think I'm ready for this kind of commitment of getting married or moving in together, we're afraid the other person you know, just might move on, might break up with us. And it's like, no, no, I love them and I, I don't, I don't want to lose them. I'm just, I don't know if I'm ready. So sometimes we ignore the readiness issue. We ignore whether we're truly willing to make a commitment because we might be afraid of the consequences or because maybe, you know, we're lonely and we just feel like, well, I just have to do this because they want to get married. You know, you know, perhaps someone's got some religious things. Perhaps there's pressure from parents. Perhaps there's you know, child uh, dynamics, you know, their kids, your kids, you know, and perhaps it's, perhaps it might even be better financially and logistically for us to move in. 
right? It might be wise, right? It might, it might be easier for the kids and we're all in one place and we're not paying multiple mortgages and it just makes it easier for childcare. It just, those are important things, but they might not be the reason that you should take this kind of step, right? That all those things, they don't mean that you're necessarily ready for this. doesn't mean that you're emotionally at a place where you're willing to do it. It, it might be, quote, the smart thing to do. It might be the thing you're getting pressure to do from your partner or from some other place. It might be the pressure from within yourself, the fear of losing them or just your own loneliness. See, so you got to give it some thought. Even though you know the person is right for me and, and you feel great about the relationship, um, you got to be ready and willing to um, be with all the consequences of living together and getting married and, you know, everything that goes along with that. So that's that's the first one. You, 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 and you have to have conversation about this, really. Um, you don't want to evaluate your partner in this regard in your own head. Oh, I don't know if my partner's ready for this because you you have this story and that story and, you know, you might not be right about that. You, you actually need to talk to your partner and say, I'm kind of wondering if you're ready for this. Or willing to do this or something. So, okay, so that's the first one is are you are you ready and willing to take this significant of a step? Okay? The second one is this. Do you like your partner? <laughs> do you like your partner? Well, I, I know you love them, right? But here, let, let me tell you something that's kind of weird to say. I'm not sure what love is. I mean, love is a difficult thing to describe. You know what I mean? It's Is it a feeling? Is it a commitment? Um, how do you know you love someone? L- love, is, love is an interesting thing. I don't want to be cynical here, but sometimes we, ha- we have attachment issues. We have loneliness issues. We have we have other kinds of psychological issues that sometimes we can misread them and call it love. You know what I mean? I mean, love is a, it's a dicey topic about what it actually is when it's a, a real healthy kind of love versus when it might be a psychologically codependent kind of thing. So love is love is a bit more mysterious. But do you like someone? I mean, that is so much easier to answer, isn't it? Do you like them? Do you like being around them for long periods of time? Do you really, really enjoy their company? Do you like do, do you like their personality? The kind of the way they do life. It, I guarantee you, it's different than yours. I mean, you might have some similarities between the two of you, but you're going to be different in a lot of ways. That's part of what attraction is, is the opposite. So you're in a relationship with someone who's probably quite different than you. Well, certainly they have an opposite sexual energy, right? 
whether they're male or female, there is the polarity of the masculine and the feminine. Even if the relationship is a gay relationship, one person is more at home in the feminine, one is more at home in the masculine, and that's what makes for chemistry. That's what makes for the sexual polarity. So my point is you are going to be attracted to and be in a relationship with someone who is fundamentally different than you. Right? They they see the world different than you. I mean, you might have the same political beliefs or the same religious beliefs, but if one person is more masculine, the other one's more feminine, you you're you're men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Remember that book? It's probably the greatest title of a self-help book ever. Um, it's not really that men are from Mars. The masculine is from Mars. The feminine is from Venus because not all men are masculine and not all women are feminine, right? So there, there's a little problem with that book in that it's it's too gender-oriented rather than sexual energy-oriented. Okay, that's a whole another story we'll deal with in another podcast sometime. My point is you're in a relationship with someone who's very different from you. Do you like them or are you tolerating or are you putting up with or because they're so good looking, you're, you know, overlooking something or because they're so wealthy, I can sort of handle some aspect of who they are. So I'm asking, do you like them? <laughs> and I think you can answer that question much easier than are you in love? So, you know, so I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about asking my girl to marry me or I, I think my boyfriend is going to pop the question. Really? Do you guys love each other? Um, if you're honest, the question would be, yeah, I think so. Um but that love thing is kind of mysterious. Like, what does that mean? Like, what? But what if someone, do you like each other? Can you be around each other day in and day out? Week after week, month after month, year after year. I mean, do you like each other? If you like each other, man, is that a soulmate signature sign? First, you got to be ready and willing. If you're ready and willing to make this kind of commitment to live together, to get married, check. If you like each other, forget about love. <laughs> really. If you like each other, love can be construed as chemistry and sexuality and appearance. It's like, man, if I was dating Megan Fox, I'd be in love right away, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm dating Britney Spears. Oh, I love her. Oh, I love Britney. Right? Yeah, because she turns me on. But you're going to need a lot more than that to make a relationship work for a lifetime, right? So what does love mean? I don't know. Do you like them? So let me give you a quick story. And this is now probably 10, 12 years ago. I was playing golf with one of my best buddies, Jim Dethmer. I, I interviewed him on this podcast many, many weeks ago. You can find it on my podcast platform here. You can listen to the conversation that we had. It's a great one. But I was talking to Jim Dethmer and a buddy of mine was just getting engaged. I'm like, hey, my, my buddy Mike just got engaged. And without even thinking of it, without even making a big deal, 
He said, oh, yeah, really? Do they like each other? <laughs> That's what he said to me. I'm like, man, my buddy Mike's got engaged. Really? Do they like each other? You know what I mean? And 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 at first I was like, Jim, shut up. I mean, of course they do. They're getting engaged. And then I started to think about it. And I was like, the more I thought about it, the more that was a brilliant question. People get married or live together, commit to one another for all sorts of reasons. Financial reasons, loneliness reasons. I mean, there's all kinds of sexual reasons. But he's like, do they like each other? And I was like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Because when it... Because sexuality is going to have its ebbs and flows. Finances are going to have their ebbs and flows. Life is going to become diff- difficult. You're going to have challenges. You might have illnesses. You might have, you know, children. You know, what what sustains all of it? Is it love? Is it, oh, I'm just committed to you the rest of my life? And not? No. If you like each other. Man, is that going to take you a long way, (laughs) okay? So ask yourself, do I really like my partner? Do they like me? Or are we on some level tolerating each other or putting up with things because there are some other things that are just so good? Hmm, that's pretty juicy. All right, number three. Let's go with... Here's the question. Do you have matching lifestyles? Do you have a matching vision, lifestyle, like the way in which you want to live, the life you want to create? You know, when you picture for yourself the next 5, 10, 15 years of your life, when you sort of think about that and you envision that, okay, whatever that looks like, it, it really has to match the other person's, does it not? Or at least they're not competing lifestyles. Maybe that's a better way to say this. Do you have non-competing lifestyle visions? That's probably a better way to say it. I'm just editing this right on the fly. <laughs> As you know, I don't edit these podcasts. Whatever comes out of my mouth is just the way it, it's just it's just life. It's just what's unfolding. So the question number three is, do you have non-competing lifestyle visions? They don't have to be exactly the same, but they've got to be able to match up. They've got to be able to blend together. They, they can't be competing. You can't be seeing your life going that way and they're seeing their life going that way, right? I mean, just one basic issue. When you look at your future, 5, 10, 15 years, do you see yourself being a parent and raising children and, you know, they're going to soccer practice and blah, blah, blah. And the other person's like, no, I want to climb the corporate ladder and kick ass and take names and I don't want to be held back by, by having to go to soccer practices. Okay? I don't care how much chemistry you have. I don't care how much you like each other. I don't care how ready and willing you are to make a commitment. Your lifestyle visions, your what you want for yourselves don't match. You're not going in the same direction. Okay? This one is not that difficult to identify. 
because if you're at the point where you're thinking about moving in um, or getting married, I'm certainly hoping that you've been dating for at least six months. Probably it's better if it's at least nine months to a year. And during that time, you're going to be spending a lot of time together and and it should become pretty clear as to whether we are aligned with the lifestyle that we want to live, you know, how we want to live and what our, what our life is going to look like, just the daily activity of it, right? And it, if, I often make the joke, like if somebody wants to be a missionary in Africa and you're an atheist and you want to raise cattle in Wyoming, well, then I don't, again, you, you know what I mean? Your lifestyles don't match. Well, those are drastic, obvious things. Um, but you got to give some time to this. And, and I think that's really what happens when you're dating, right? And this is the danger of, you know, shotgun type of weddings where you meet each other, you're in Vegas and you get married <laughs> because all you know is you have chemistry, right? Or at least you know you like each other. Well, that's enough. Let's get married. Spend the rest of our lives together. And then you find out one person wants to live this way and, and go this direction in their career and use their time and their money and their energy like that. And you you have a completely different idea about what you, your, you, what you want your life to look like and the direction you want it to go, right? So you got to have it, if not matching lifestyle visions, at least they're not competing with each other. They, they can run alongside of each other. You know, um, you might want something, they might want something, but they don't compete and you, you both can fulfill your lifestyle visions together, right? They, they're not at cross purposes. So that's a huge one. But I do think if you date for a while, it that that's really what compatibility is, right? I mean, in another podcast, I talked about this. Compatibility is not having shared interests, like you both like country line dancing, or you both like the same type of foods, or you're you both like the same football team or you know you both went to the same university so you you're you're both LSU fans or something you know I, I, that's not compatibility that stuff is nice but it's not required to make a great relationship but being compatible in your lifestyles you know, <laughs> that that's a big deal that 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 far transcends the mundane things of we both like to play golf together or, you know, we, we both like, you know, um, pepperoni on our pizza. <laughs> it's like, who cares about that crap, right? We do have a tendency to overemphasize things that don't really matter and we underemphasize some of these things that really do matter, right? So you got to give some thought to the question – um, do we have non-competing lifestyle visions or agendas? Do we match? Okay. So those are three of them, right? The first one is, are we both ready and willing to make this kind of commitment to each other? Secondly, do we like each other? Third, 
do we have non-competing lifestyle dreams, visions for ourselves? Now we get to to some of the the ones I've saved the best for last. Um, Here's the question. Are you hoping they will change in any significant way? Are you hoping that your partner over time is going to change in some significant way? If you are, don't get married. Don't move in. The attitude that you know someone is the one is when you're like, I hope they don't ever change. I love them just the way they are. I love who they are. That doesn't mean I think they're perfect. That doesn't mean I don't think there's a few things they do that drive me nuts. Like my wife, she'll run the dishwasher when it's about a quarter full. It it just makes me insane. Right? She leaves lights on all over the house. (laughs) Just like, right? And, and who cares? Right? I don't, I don't need that to change. But, Very often, we can fall in love with someone's potential. We can fall in love with who we think they are going to become. I think my love is going to change them. I I, I think over time, they're going to sort of grow out of that phase, right? They're going to grow out of that phase and be more responsible or – you know, grow up in some area or, you know, they're eventually going to quit that habit, you know, uh, or I think my, my love is going to change them, you know, or something like that, right? It's very easy to be in love with potential. It's very easy to not be in love with the reality of who they are. But be thinking that one day, okay, they're going to be much better with money or they're going to be skinnier or they are going to be better in keeping their agreements or they are going to flirt less with everyone they meet once we get married or you know what? You hear what I'm saying here is like you – don't you want like unconditional love? Right, you don't want your partner to be loving what they hope you're going to become. Isn't that kind of judgmental? I mean, I want my partner to love me, even the the goofy shit that I do. <laughs> I want I, I don't I don't want to be in a relationship where my partner's trying to change me or to control me or to be criticizing me in an effort to make me be the person that they think I should be. I don't want to be in that kind of relationship. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved for who I am. Yes, I want to grow. And yes, I want to hear from my wife if there's some things that I'm doing that are beneath me, that are not truly a reflection of the kind of man that I am or the kind of man that I say I want to be. So I want my wife to call me out and to challenge me. Not because she wants me to be a certain way so that she can feel more safe or whatever, 
maybe to call me out because she knows I want something for my life. Okay? But setting all that aside, if if you are thinking about moving in together or getting married and and you have this thought that one day they're they're going to stop that. They're going to grow out of that. Um man, you're in trouble. Because you're you're sending the message that you don't love them for who they are. You don't love them. You love their potential. And you're also sending the message that you you're so arrogant, frankly, that you think you you know how they're supposed to live. You know how they're supposed to behave and deal with their money or their body or the way they spend their time, their resources, their their hobbies. You know who died and made you God to decide how someone's supposed to live. The idea here is you meet someone and you're like, "Man, I hope you don't change. I love you like you are." Right? I mean, I, I, I yeah, I'm really hoping you never change. What a great thing to say in terms of a wedding vow is I just love you for who you are. In fact, I hope you never change. <laughs> now, of course, we all change and we all evolve, we grow. But you, you get my point, right? So here's the thing. Um, in order for you to be in this relationship, in order for you to you know, get married or move in or something like that, if, if you are needing to change any direction that you've had for your life, any desire that you've had for your life, or any decision that you have for your life in order to be in the relationship, then it's the wrong relationship. And it goes the other way too. If some other person has to give up a dream, a direction, or a decision about who they are and what they want and where they're going with their life and so forth. If they have to let go of those things in order to be in a relationship with you, the two of you should not be together. Where you want to be together because by being together, you're more likely to fulfill that dream to go in that direction, to sort of, you know, play out that decision. In other words, by being together, you're more likely to do and be everything that you've ever wanted to be. It's like your partner in the relationship supports what you've always wanted to be in the world rather than it's sort of asking you to give something up. So just an example, like um, maybe you've always wanted to go back to school and get your MBA and, you know, start your own business and you meet someone and and you like them, you know, and you're, you're ready and willing and you have some matching lifestyle things. But in order to be with them because of their work or something, you can't go back to school. You, you can't pursue that dream. Then that's the wrong relationship. Right? So this is really, really important. That one of the ways the soulmate signature is I am not in love with a fantasy here. I am not in love with who I think you can become. 
I'm not in love with who you even say you want to become. I'm in love with you as you are, not with your potential. And I hope you don't change. In other words, I'm so good with you that I'm hoping you don't change. I'm not going into this thinking, eh, 75% of this guy or 75% of this girl is really good. And, and, and I think we're going to work on that 25%. I, I, even they have said they want to quit smoking or they want to change this or stop drinking or, you know, they, they want to adjust this or change that part of themselves. I'm, I mean, uh, you make a case that people don't change in, in some of these ways. They really don't change when there's pressure in the relationship too. When you're trying to control them and you're criticizing them and stuff like that, you need them to be a certain way and you, you got to, you know, well, now that we've gotten married, right, you're not going to play golf with your buddies on every Saturday morning, are you? And you're like, I've been playing golf with my buddies every Saturday morning be- before I even met you. Why would I have to stop doing that because I got married? You see what I'm saying? And maybe you're... As a woman, you, you've always been doing something and pursuing something. And now you're going to get married and move in, which means you, you have to give that up. You, you can't go hang out with your girlfriends and some of your college, you know, your college friends, guy friends. You, you've had a group of friends that you've always, you know, men and women, just you've always done things together. You've even, you've even taken you know, yearly vacations, like the group of you all go somewhere together and you go get hammered on the beach and you have a great time. Well, now I'm getting married, so I can't do that anymore because my spouse gets a little insecure. Uh Uh-uh. No, right? That's not the right relationship. If you have to give up anything of significance in order to be with the person, then it's the wrong relationship. And if you're hoping someone is going to change something about their personality or the way they live or their commitments or something. Well, now you're, you're not in an unconditional relationship. You are actually in a conditional relationship. You're saying, I'll love you if you are the person I want you to be. That ain't never going to work. I mean, that's, that's damaging. That's toxic. Frankly, I love, I, I, I love you for you. I hope you never change rather than I I'm, I'm loving the person that I'm hoping you'll become. Okay. So I don't want to beat that horse to death, but man, that's a huge one. Okay. So that's, that's the fourth question, which is, are you wanting them to change in some way? Now, the last question, maybe it's the most important of all, This one I have touched on before in another podcast. And the question is, do you have shared commitments or values in terms of the way you function in life? Do you have shared commitments? We all have commitments, right? We all do life a certain way. We're all playing a game, you could say. We're all playing basketball or soccer. (laughs) We're all playing a game. If you want to have a healthy relationship, you have to be playing by the same rules. You you have to be playing the same game. You, you You can't take different values, values that are competing or conflicting, 
and put them in the same relationship. You'll be in drama all the time, right? So there are, there are people who in terms of, like I've touched on this before, the results you're experiencing, whatever's happening between a couple, okay? Some people respond to that kind of conflict or challenge or difficulty, some experience, some results, some, something happening in a relationship. Their response is to look for whose fault it is and to blame and finger point. Well, there's another way to, to handle all that, and that is to take responsibility, to face a challenge or a conflict or a problem and never point a finger, just say, I'm just not, I'm not a blamer. I'm a claimer. I'm going to ask myself, what am I doing to create this problem and what can I do to fix it? But if you're in a relationship with someone who's a blamer and someone who never wants to look in the mirror and say, what's my part? How did I create this? What can I learn about this? What did I do to set this up? Right? You're playing different games. You're wanting to take responsibility and learn and grow and be curious. The other person is committed to being right. Like, I'm right about this. It's your fault. They're finger pointing. They're blaming. Those two ways of being, those two ways of functioning, those two, those are competing values. They can't go together. They're like oil and water. They don't mix. You put a blamer and a claimer together, the relationship is going to blow up in a week. Okay? Same thing goes with something like making agreements, promises, our word, our, our verbal type of things with each other. Some people make agreements and they don't really think it's that big a deal whether they do what they say they were going to do by the time they said they would do it. And other people are like, no, I make impeccable agreements. If I say something, I'm going to do it by the time I said I would. So if you're in a relationship where one person says something and it's not worth the paper it's written on, <laughs> there is no basis of trust, right? You, you, you're paying the electric bill this month, I'm paying the mortgage. And if you're like, there's 0% chance that they're going to pay that bill on time. You know, they, they just don't, they don't keep their commitments. They don't make promises. You're, how do you relate with a person that does that, right? So you've, you've got to be matched and aligned, I should say. You have, to have, you have to be aligned with the way you make and keep agreements, right? Otherwise, there's no trust. And, and that applies to any relationship, right? You're working with someone and they're supposed to be there at 9 o'clock. Now they show up at 9.30. Eh, well, you know, I'm close, you know, whatever. No, we had a meeting at 9 and you're late, and right? Or you have a group of friends, you know, and you're going to all go out and you're going to grab dinner and then go see a movie. And you're like, oh, don't invite Susie because, you know, she's going to be late. She's always late. You know, she's going to be late and then get us all behind schedule, right? So you end up not wanting to relate with people who don't have any integrity about their word and their promises and their agreements, right? So these are huge things. Um, and in fact, let me transition and say that having clear commitments, like I was saying earlier, we all have commitments. We're all living by certain rules. The issue is whether 
we're living by the same rules. So, because if you're a blamer, I'm not saying that's wrong. You can live that way. I just can't be in a relationship with a blamer. And and if you if you don't make and keep your agreements, that's not wrong. It's just that I don't want to relate with anyone who does that because I, I don't I don't know I I can't live with that. It's just everything's weird, right? Um, communication. I. I I want to operate by the value of I'm going to reveal things. I'm not going to keep secrets. I'm not going to think that you should know what I'm thinking. I'm not going to make you guess what I'm thinking. I'm not going to play games and be passive, aggressive, and hint at things. And I'm not going to withhold. You know, if I'm feeling something, if I'm wanting something, if I'm angry about something, if I'm upset about something, I'm going to reveal it. I'm going to be naked with my partner. I'm not going to keep secrets. There's been nothing that's hidden. But other people don't want to relate that way. They want to sort of manage what's communicated. They sometimes withhold things. They're not as open. They're not honest about feelings because they want to avoid conflict or they want to avoid being judged or misunderstood. So some people do not live out loud. They don't make that inner conversation in their head, that voice in the head that's always talking. They don't verbalize that to their partner. Hey, I'm thinking this. Hey, over here, I'm feeling this. And I just want you to know. They don't do that. They're, too, they're either too afraid to do that or they don't want to take that risk because it is kind of a risk to be naked in front of someone, to be truly known, right? That's what that to me, that's what intimacy is, is knowing and being known. I want to know what my wife is experiencing in every moment. You know, if she tells me, oh, Roy, last week you said something and it really pissed me off and, and it's really been bothering me since last Wednesday, we are going to have a problem, not because of the issue, but because she's not spoken up about it since Wednesday. In this relationship, honey, when something happens, there is no time between feeling something and saying it. You blurt it immediately. No withholding, no secrets, no, oh, I got to process this and figure it out. No, it's, it's honesty, it's authenticity, it's transparency. It's, that's the way I want to live. But if my wife or even a, a friend, a best friend didn't want to live that way, they don't match. Do you follow me? They're different values. And it's just going to create drama. Just like I said, if my wife's like, oh, I didn't tell you that because I thought, you know, maybe it would go away and I didn't want to hurt your feelings or I didn't want to get in any conflict. You know, um, no, we're going to have a problem now because I don't want to relate with a woman who plays games or makes me have to guess what she's feeling. Well, you should have known that you hurt my feelings. Sorry. I'm not psychic. I'm not playing that, right? But it's not wrong to want to, to, to relate that way. I mean, most people do it that way, <laughs> okay? It's just that if, if my wife is doing it that way and I want to do it the other way, we don't, we don't match. So it's not about right and wrong. It's just that we're playing different games. Like I'm playing soccer. She's playing basketball. They, they don't mix together. You follow me? So you have to have shared commitments. Now, what I've done is I've 
sort of looked at what are the commitments that lead to healthy, sustainable relationships? Are there a set of commitments that we could individually and collectively commit to that if we do live them, or at least we have our intention that this is the game I want to play, these are the commitments I want to design my life around, are, are there a set of commitments that if they're followed, lead to healthy, sustainable relationships. And there are. So I have created something called the Dating Manifesto. (laughs) Okay? It's a set of 10 commitments of conscious dating and relating. And so there's 10 of these things. I mentioned two or three of them already with blaming instead of claiming responsibility, Revealing your truth rather than concealing it, keeping your agreements rather than, you know, making unclear agreements and breaking them. There's 10 of these things that say, here's the conventional way of doing it, like blaming. Here's the conscious way. And so it's like a manifesto. It's like a hear ye, hear ye. This is how I am committed to living. I don't do it every time. I fall, I drift, I slip, but I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going in that direction because I'm committed to living by these 10 commitments as best I can. And I'm doing it not because they're right, but because they work. They actually lead to healthy relationships. None of the commitments are based on a religion, religious beliefs. You can be an atheist and commit to these things. You can be a devoted Christian or Muslim or Jew and live these commitments. They, they don't have anything to do with religion. They don't have anything to do with, with what you believe in your head. These are about the actual ways that you function. I do not blame I do not conceal. I do not break my agreements. Right? So I've put together what I call the dating manifesto. And I and really when I'm working with a client, really what I'm doing in my coaching sessions is I'm inviting them to look at at the dating manifesto and say, "Do you want to align your life with these? Do you want to live this way?" Because it works. It's been tried and true for thousands of years. These are these are commitments that transcend time. They they have been around and they've been practiced or they've been violated forever. Okay, and so I'm asking my clients: Do you want to? Is is this the set of commitments that you want to design your life with? If you say yes and you do that, I can tell you you're going to have healthy, sustainable relationships, whether they're friendships whether they're work relationships, whether they're intimate relationships. If you align your life with these, you're going to have wonderful relationships. If you don't, you're going to have drama. You're going to have trouble. To one degree or another, you're going to have drama. And I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in my clients' lives. I've seen it in, I've seen it in public life. I can, I can turn on CNN or Fox and I can see it. I can look at presidents and I can see it. I can look at historical figures. When they operate by these commitments, 
things go well. When they violate them, they get in drama and difficulty. Okay? So what I'm going to do, first of all, is if you want a copy of the Dating Manifesto, send me an email and I'll send it to you. Okay? So Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Send me an email. Say, hey, give me that Dating Manifesto. I'm going to take a look at that. Great. I'll send it to you. And then if you want to have a follow-up conversation about it, especially if you want to talk about, well, how do I flesh these out in my life? You know, how do I apply them to my situation? Great. That's what I'm here to do as a coach. Okay. But I'm going to go one step further. Not only do I want to just give you the dating manifesto, it's a two-page document. Um, I'm going to start a three-part series in this podcast on the dating manifesto. In fact, it's going to be the very next podcast is going to be called the dating manifesto, how to, you know, live and love consciously. I'm going to do three parts because there's 10 commitments and I'm going to spread them out over, over three parts. Who knows? Maybe it might even go to four depending because I don't want to make the podcast too long. But I'm going to break them down. I'm going to go through them one at a time and put them out there for you to consider. Do I want to live my life that way as best I can? Or do I want to live it the conventional way? Because with every one of these commitments, the Dating Manifesto, it shares both the conscious commitment and it shares the conventional approach. Just like with that responsibility, right? You can be a blamer or a claimer, right? To be a claimer, to take ownership of your results and not blame people for what's happening, but to wonder what you're doing to create them, that's the conscious approach. To point fingers, who did this to me? Why are you doing this to me? It's your fault. That's the conventional way. Just turn on Fox and CNN and watch them point fingers at each other and blame each other for everything, okay? Nobody's claiming responsibility for anything, okay? So, and then with agreements, the conscious way is I make and keep my agreements and I only renegotiate them periodically when I have to. But if I say something, I'm going to do it. If I say I'm not going to do something, I ain't going to do it. You can bank on it, okay? That means I have to be very clear on what I'm agreeing to so that I know I'm agreeing to it for the right reasons and it's really coming from me as my truth and I have a whole body yes about what I'm committing to because I know when I say yes, I can't back out. I mean, I'm I'm a person of integrity. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Even if I discover I, I made the agreement for the wrong reasons to impress someone, you know, to get approval from someone, and now I know that I made the agreement for all the wrong reasons, tough. You said you were going to do it, now go do it. Otherwise, nobody will trust you. But the conventional way is to make uh, suggestions, not commitments. Oh, I'll try to be there, you know, I'll do this, but then, you know, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really mean it. I mean, you're not going to hold me to that, are you? I said I wouldn't cheat on you, but I, I was just kind of making a suggestion. I, I wasn't really meaning you could trust that. <laughs> I said I would clean out the garage, but you're not going to hold me to that, are you? I, I said I would do it by Saturday, you know, this week and now it's Sunday and I haven't done it. What are you so upset about? Like, don't be such a Nazi. 
No, no, you said you do it by, right? So every one of the commitments on the dating manifesto has the conscious way and the unconscious way or the conventional way. So it's really fun to see, to evaluate yourself, say, you know, where am I with these commitments? And and how do I really want to live my life? Do I really want to live it consciously? Because maybe you don't. That's okay. You're going to have a lot of drama in your life. I, I can speak from personal experience. Most of my life, I have not been aligned with these commitments. I have done the conventional way and I've had drama out the wazoo. But the more that I practice these and align my life with them, the more harmony and connection and love and, and beauty uh, are the result in my relationships. So if you want a copy of the Dating Manifesto, email me at coachingwithroy, uh, roy at coachingwithroy.com and stay tuned because the next three or maybe four podcasts are going to be devoted to to going through this manifesto with the hopes of building a tribe of people who say, I want to live and love consciously because it ends drama and creates beautiful relationships. All right. So there's a little preview for you. And um, I hope you tune into that. So let me just summarize then. What are the soulmate signature signs? What are the five signs that you should go all in? Like get married, like move in together. No hesitation. What are they? One, we are both ready and willing to make such a commitment. Two, we like each other. (laughs) Three, we are hoping neither one of us changes. We love each other just as we are. We're not in love with potential. Four, we have matching lifestyle goals and visions. They align. They are not competing. And five, we are operating by the same blueprint. We have shared commitments about the way in which we are going to function together. If those five things are true between you and someone, man, you're going to live happily ever after. If any of them are not true, you're in trouble. That should be a a total red flag, a total red light. Stop. Do not go forward. Do not move in. Do not get married until you can rectify this, if it is possible to rectify. Okay, so that's your soulmate signature, the five signs that someone is the one. All right, until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.